0: healing can happen when people share their stories welcome to trauma trial and transformation discover true stories from those who were called to sit in the witness chair experience their journey through their legal process and beyond this podcast brings to light the trauma and stress caused by testifying under oath and offers resources by talking with witnesses, key litigators, and mental wellness professionals to assist with different approaches one can utilize to prepare to take the stand and how to heal after the encounter. And now, here's your host, Juliet Huck.
1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation from sunny Los Angeles, California. I really want to start off by thanking a really long-term, long, long long-term friend of mine, and it's Bill McCracken for joining me today, Bill. Thank you so much. I'm um, honored by the fact that you are so supportive of me with this project and coming forward to talk about things that aren't always the easiest to talk about, so I just kind of want to start off by just telling you how much uh, gratitude I have for you. And really, our friendship means so much to me and the fact you're supporting me. So thank you for that. I really want to start by acknowledging the fact we've known each other for so long, and we've gone through a lot together. And uh, knowing each other from high school, it's just, you know, I think really good friends go through a lot of stuff together when they are as long around together as much as we have been. So I know your background, but for people listening, can you give me a little, you know, just snippet of where you are, what you're doing these days, and uh, just your successes. I
2: actually am uh, living in Ormond Beach, Florida. I moved in 94 for a job opportunity in banking. I spent 20 years in banking and then went to work for one of my clients. I currently own my own company here in Florida. And uh, the company works, I work with companies on financial strategies a lot of my work involves troubleshooting issues for, for customers, whether it be an HR matter. Typically, most of my stuff is financial related with regard to if someone's looking to borrow money. Those kind of things come up a lot in my job today. So I actually formed it in 2009, and I'm, I'm currently still working as president of my company here in Florida.
1: Yeah, so put it all out there. You saved my regret quite a few times. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I've been a lot together through my small business, and uh, you've you really, you've had a really uh, a good taste of uh, my legal consulting world, which you worked with me for a little while. So, uh, from a business standpoint, financial support um, for small businesses, really been you've really been an asset that I was always looking for, and happened to be my friend doing it at the same time. So. So knowing all this, uh, a few years ago, I know you were pulled into a lawsuit unexpectedly. I kind of was sitting on the sidelines watching a little bit of this with you. What was your feeling around it when you first like, found out you were part of the lawsuit? How did it make you feel?
2: I, I would say um, surprised uh, was probably the, uh, the first emotion I had and probably uh, unexpected were probably the two biggest emotions for me.
1: Did it scare you?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think fear was a big part of it. And again, you know, I had always uh, been involved in the business community, uh, the business environment, but never was I involved in a situation that involved a, a suit like that. And I think my personal experience was absolutely you're fearful and I would say most people that have gone through that situation, fear is a, is a big part of it. Yeah, a big component.
1: And how did, it, how did it make you feel to come home and tell your wife or any part of your family? Did you feel less than? Did you feel like you were, you've done something so wrong? Or how, how did that affect you?
2: Well, in, 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 in that situation, I, I recall my wife also being shocked. Um, and very surprised, but also very fearful because, you know, again, being married and being sued, you realize the impact it it could have on not only yourself, but your family, which obviously you have to work through.
1: Yes. Yeah. Me being in that situation myself, uh, that probably had more fear in me than anything else of how it was going to impact my family. Um. So I, I can imagine that uh, knowing you guys as well as you did, plus your reputation. I mean, how did you feel about that with your reputation? We, did you feel like people weren't going to trust you again? Or did you feel like if it got out, did you have to hide it? Or I think trust is a, is a good word
2: there. Uh, from my standpoint, and I'll talk just briefly about my situation, I think it's had a, a huge impact on the word trust for me. Um, I... I look at people differently. I look at relationships differently. And I, I think all of us go through significant events in our life. We may have a handful of those that impact who we are as people. But I would say that that situation impact impacted me the most with regard to the kind of person that I am today. And I think people who knew me prior to this suit and people who know me now would say that I've changed tremendously from a personality standpoint. Yeah, trust is the word. I'm, I, I'm the kind of person, and how do I how do I say this? I'm not one who cares much about what people think of me because I I think you know me well enough that <laughs> my personality <laughs> is that you tend to love me or you tend to hate me. There's really not an in between. And I don't, uh, I, I don't mix words with regard to that because in relationships, and I make it quite clear, especially after this situation, for me, um, my attitude is: I don't want anybody to really get close to me, or do I really want to get close to anyone else? Because the word that comes to my mind and what I've experienced is: you're going to be disappointed. And I know I'm going to be disappointed, so I really don't want to make the effort. And I know that's sad, but that's where this suit really changed who I was personally. Yes.
1: So I want to get into that a little deeper here in just a second, but the but you know me, I I'm going to poke at that a little bit. You know me uh, because I've I've known you so long, and again, I'm just so grateful you're coming forward on this. But if if you could just quickly describe when you had to walk into your deposition, you were deposed versus trial, but what was the feeling of just walking in the room, knowing that you were going to have somebody who's going to be trying to intimidate you, tear you down? How did you handle that?
2: I'm, I'm recalling that situation. And again, my situation, and again, I don't want to, I, I would just tell you it was extremely mm-hmm. unique. Uh, typically, these are done, I would assume, based on what I've heard in the past, that uh, these are typically done in a law firm setting. My situation was unique in the sense that it was in a residence. However, uh, <laughs> the person had an office there as well. It was kind of a home office, but uh, again, in that way, it was unique. But my emotions, uh, I, I, I recall the whole process being lonely, not really knowing what questions would would be asked. And that gets down to preparation where, you know, if I can say this, on on the one hand, I hear a lot of people say, hey, you want to be prepared? And I think that's right on. But on the other hand, I I also think that having too much preparation and then being asked something that you weren't even ready for can really have an impact on the on the deposition. So, yeah, I mean, very fearful, very scared. I was I was I was also uh, uh, very angry in the sense that, you know, you're you're there and 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 Anger would be a, a good word for me to say there, yeah.
1: Well, going right into the next thing I want to talk about, you know, I've got different therapists that I follow and psychologists, and um, Gabor Mete, he's one of, the, one of the kings in my corner right now that um, talks about trauma. And his definition of trauma is the disconnection of self. It's not like physically what happens to you, it's externally, it's what happens to you internally, emotionally. And so when you're talking about that anger and you're talking about how... You know, you actually feel the loneliness. These are these are very big words. You know, these are big words in people's lives that they walk in and walk out. So, you didn't just go through this once, right? You had a couple times you had to to go through the scenario. Is that isn't that correct? Well,
2: in in my situation, yeah, there were multiple uh, depositions with different individuals. Yeah, it was it, it it was multiple
1: for me. Yeah. So walking out of the first time. And feeling, I would assume, were you exhausted? Were you frustrated? Were you just how did how was that?
2: I'm gonna go back just for a second and and give some background. Again, my my process was I think unique. I don't know based on some other people that have spoken to me about it. Mine was actually two full days. So I not only had to go through it one day but I had to get up and go through it a second day. That was a whole different experience than, than the second one because the second one, because of the people that I was dealing with in that situation, I think I was much more forceful. I was uh, definitely more angry. I, I felt like I, I really wanted to get something off my chest
1: so he went in like well, almost like with a vendetta almost in a sense of saying, okay, I was here twice. And
2: yeah, it was like the second one was uh that one was in an attorney's office. My attorney had to actually fly in and we had to rent the room. But the but the whole the whole atmosphere was uh it 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 started out pretty smoothly and it got extremely contentious? Yeah, it was very contentious. It became uh very contentious very quickly.
1: Yeah. Was it was it aggressive? Was it just a lot of big ball of energy negativity just kind of like that whole like everybody's trying to fight for something kind of feeling?
2: Well, it it was more of uh an attack on me personally and uh it was more of an attack on uh, me professionally as well, and mm-hmm. uh, it got to the point where I started to respond in ways that uh, I don't think was expected.
1: In what way? Give me give me an example. Well, what I I, you-
2: I think when people are attacked or people don't have the right story, and and it's coming from one perspective or one one sided. It can, it can be combative. And uh, I felt attacked. I came out very, very strongly and forcefully sharing my position. It ended up ending very, very well, but it ended up probably, <laughs> I would say, much more abruptly than, than, than we had anticipated because I then was going into areas on their side that they didn't want to explore and they began to shut down and they began to react kind of in the way that when you don't have the full story, when you only have your story and you believe strongly in it and then someone enlightens you to the other side and you haven't really taken that into consideration. So it it, it ended pretty abruptly.
1: So when you got into that scenario, when you're in that moment, like right there, how, how did you keep your wits about you enough not to just get so ticked off and just, because, you know, personal attack is part of the plan, right? It's part of the game. And it's, you know, like I said, myself going through it, that, 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 you know, it's coming, but it just can't stop the train. It's just not going to stop. And it, it becomes this uh, moment you're waiting for it. And then it happens and it just, your heart just us, you just, you know, you can't, it's not ego anymore. It's not uh, truth telling anymore. It's just trying to keep it together and stay off, you know, not be so defensive, but yet, you know, you got to defend yourself. So, I mean, how did that, you know, did you feel better about yourself that you were able to get to that point? When it shifted,
2: the whole situation shifted when I began to hit on areas of vulnerability for them. And when the vulnerability starts to sink in and they realize that, you know what, we, we may have not done our homework in some ways. <laughs> yeah. they, uh, you know, that's when the eyes get real wide and, and the, 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 the whole atmosphere in the room changed.
1: Well, no. Like they always say, it's uh, no better defense than being on the offense, right? I mean, that's the whole. If you did your homework and you know what you're telling the truth. Well, and you and you've known
2: me a long time. People who do know me know I'm very, very passionate about what I, I really believe in. It's it's it. It was trying to control my emotions, but in some ways, it was extremely important that the way that I showed my emotions at that point in time, it was like they knew I meant business. And you would cross the line with me and you really didn't do your homework.
1: And that's kind of the way I felt. So let's move into the the healing side. Let's talk a little bit about that, like with your, uh, you know, kind of as you went through that process and dealing with those big emotions of anger and loneliness, mistrust, how did, you, uh, how did you kind of re-enter back into after this was over? Like, did you just let it fade away? Did you, what did you do? No, I, I have to be uh,
2: very honest about this. I, I still believe that this affected me probably more than any other significant event in my life. I'm not sure. Like I said, I know I'm not the same person. I think if you talk to people who knew me prior to that and know me today, they, they see a different person. I see a different person.
1: Have you been able to heal any of that? Have you ever been to, do you? Well, no, no, not really. And I was going to go
2: there. Um, From, from my standpoint, I know a lot of people say therapy is the answer for me. I'm a pretty private person and I just, I tried in in some other ways to get some therapy and from a uh, I I know this is probably not going to be something that is accepted, but from my standpoint, I grew up in a very traditional family. There were seven of us. Dad was a cop. My mom stayed at home and, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion. So I would say in my world, men don't go to therapists. It's not a manly thing to do. It's not something that you go and share your feelings with someone you hardly know. Because (laughs) with people like myself, there's probably just a few people who really know me really, really well. And I've been married 34 years and my wife still says, hey. I know you 98% and I said, yeah, you're right. You know me 98%, but there's still that 2%. So I think for me, I never really dealt with it because I didn't think it would help, but I, I think there's a manly thing where people just don't go. When we grew up, it was a traditional family. So that may be a cop. out. But-
1: yeah. What about your uh, spirituality religion? I know you go to church. I mean, did you ever, do you ever think about that side of it that, uh, you know, that there's help in other ways? I mean, I, I'm looking for all different modalities of healing. You know, there's everything from therapy to medication to, to chiropractic to, to different religious uh, backgrounds. I mean, it's, do you feel like any of that helped you? Well, I, I got to be honest, uh, in my situation,
2: um, I wasn't really able to talk about it. You know, I, I couldn't talk about it with my wife. I really couldn't talk about it with anybody outside. So I felt secluded. And 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 I felt that if I did that, and according to my attorney, it was, you know, Bill, you shouldn't be talking about this with anybody because you just you you don't want that to to be out there. So for me, I I couldn't do it even from a a religious standpoint, and, and you're right, I'm, I'm very religious, I'm very spiritual. Um, I do pray and I pray consistently, but I, I will tell you that I would say that getting through that timeframe was probably the good Lord itself. He, he himself got me through that because it there was nobody else I could turn to.
1: I think that's one of the hardest parts of the court system just in general or a lawsuit is the loneliness it's you know you're under you're under oath you really don't want to say anything that's going to get you in trouble down the road that they can pick at later you don't want to give anything away I mean I've lived in that world pretty much my entire career you know it's like I I have to you know how many people know me and like don't even know I'm working on trials because I just I can't talk about it so I I understand that from a witness standpoint on your side of that loneliness which is not natural, right it's not natural to be canned in like that and not talk about anything this emotional that's going on in your life and so um
2: just let me interject because i for people who who don't know us well um, Juliet was extremely important during that time for me. I mean she does come from the litigation world, and uh, juliet was was very open to suggesting attorneys for me at that time. So I just want to throw that out there. I think God got me through that very difficult time frame, but your friendship, Juliet, during that time and, and, and your uh, introductions were very, very important to the success of the outcome of my situation. And, and I'm, I, am, I'm very indebted to you to this day for that reason
1: you know i thank you for that that uh, you know for that's what we do you know it's that's, that's what this that's what the whole premise of this podcast is about is how do we get resources for each other in times of emotional trauma and need and how can we you know help on the front end but then how do we also help on the back end because like you said i i i know a lot of people that go through this process and where are they today what have they done you know are they healing are they not Um, And that's what this whole, you know, the whole intention of this podcast is about is how do we talk to each other when we're in a really traumatic situation that we just can't reach out and do anything. And a lot of times it's just holding space and being there for your friends, being there for your family, you know, and uh, that's one thing I give your wife, Terry and son, Colin and everybody, you know, and family around you, you know, you rest your, your family to really hold on and and be there to support you. I mean, the ripple effect of this also something that, you know, I like to talk about because it it's affects them too, right? It affects everybody in the room.
2: No, no question about it. I'm, I'm sure during that time frame that looking back on it now and again, in my situation, the length of, of, of this whole situation was somewhere in the six to seven year range. So you, you have to understand that my situation was very long term. It was extremely difficult for my family. And uh, to be honest with you, there were times that I I completely checked out. And, you know, that's why I get back to the loneliness part of it. Um, It's really sad because people can't really, they really don't have anybody. In my situation, I had no one to talk to about it because I really couldn't talk about it. And, uh, you know, that's where I think the system... And I think what you're trying to do is very, very important because people don't heal. I, I would say I'm still in the healing process. I don't think I'll ever heal. And I, I guarantee you, people who knew me, like I said before, and know me now, trust. I, I don't trust anybody. And I'm in the business world today. But I, I will tell you that it's had a huge impact on, on the way I view business relationships now and trust. And it can have a major impact on that.
1: And I think too, you know, the the biggest thing I've learned through my healing journey is that, you know, when you don't feel you heal and as, as as much as it will always, you know, something along the way that will trigger you or something that hits you in a way that you might not even think it had to do with that situation. Right. It might just trigger something that blows off. And so, um, that's why one of the reasons that looking at these different modalities, I think is important for us to, you know, can you do meditation on the front end? So when you're walking into this, you're not just hit with this unknown, right? You're preparing yourself emotionally in a different level. Are you able to, you know, talk to a therapist? Are you able to spend more time with your attorney talking about it emotionally versus just factually? I mean, that's the other thing. It's, it's, it's also factual, right? It's the evidence. It's this, it's that. And it really, the emotional side just gets kind of pushed aside, right? So, um, so that's where I think that you've done. I think you've done an amazing job in that sense. So, I think you know, if you could give any advice to somebody who might have to go through this, what, what would that be?
2: You know, now that I think about it, and you and I have kind of opened up about this, I think, and, and I, I don't know if this would work for everybody, but during that time frame, your attorney is such an important person. And again, I know trying to keep it professional is one thing, but maybe an avenue, and again, I'm not sure, I don't know whether attorneys would be into this or not, but I think if you had an attorney that was receptive to entertaining that as a how do, how do I want to say it as a
1: like a form of a form of witness prep, like a for you know, a form of witness prep to me always goes in and you just look at all the documents and here's what they said and everything else. I've always wondered why isn't, why isn't there meditation involved in witness prep? Why isn't there more emotional support in witness prep versus just the factual side? Do you think that would work?
2: Well, I, I think that's where I'm going. I, I, I think that that would be helpful if, Depending on the circumstance, and again, it, it, it really depends on your attorney. And, and, and again, getting back the attorney-client privilege, I, I don't know if, if many attorneys would want to enter that realm, that that emotional uh, well-being kind of uh, support system. And if you found somebody that did that, that would be great. But again it would be nice if that was part of the attorney service or they had something available to, to get people through that time frame. Yeah. Well,
1: and that's something I'm trying to look at offering in that sense of, you know, coming in and working with witnesses. I've worked with witnesses for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of witnesses, and there's never been a, an emotional support side of it. And I'm hoping that's something I can also maybe work with some of my clients on is to be able to sit down and say, look, you know, I've, I've been pulled in in emotional situations multiple times, and it's just me being pulled in to talk to the witness and to just calm everything down. Because, you know, every witness, you know, I think someone like yourself also who's so strong has not even thought about this might affect you emotionally. You know, you just see you as a very strong businessman, and you're smart, and you're savvy, and... uh no one even thinks about the other side of this, you know, how hard it is on someone's life. And so uh, I just, I'm so grateful for you coming together today. I just, I, I, you know, coming here and talking and just opening up to me. We've talked some about it, you know, over the years, but um, to just be this open and candid about it, I'm I'm so grateful to just uh, that you, that you're doing this with me because I think your story is going to help other people. And I think that there's, you know, you're going to give light to um, others who don't quite know what, that they're they're not alone, right? They're not alone. If they feel the same way you're feeling, they're not alone doing it. So I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if just for just one quick second, I want to just stop and take a deep breath with me, would you? <laughs> sure. Let's just take a deep breath, put some closure to our amazing conversation and um, give yourself some love tonight and some gratitude and um, big steak. And, uh, (laughs) and just go, (laughs) go, uh, go be good to yourself tonight for just coming forward like this. It's, it's, it's big. And, um, again, I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful. Thank you so much. And I thank
2: you for the opportunity, Juliet. And again, I hope that this helps people are that are in this same situation. And I know that you have plans to, to expand on the situation and hopefully, uh, This will help people down the road because it does affect people emotionally i think physically and 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 in every way and i i think if 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 you come up with solutions that would be absolutely wonderful for people
1: thanks again and we're signing off from sunny california thank you
2: thanks julia
0: thanks for listening to trauma trial and transformation If you want to share your experience as a witness, please forward your information to info at JulietHuck.com. For more information on Juliet's 30-year career in the courtroom, visit us at juliethuck.com. There you can find her books, The Equation of Persuasion, and 50 Ways to Get Your Way, available on Amazon. Remember to follow and subscribe to Trauma, Trial, and Transformation
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.